Hey, this is Barbara Corcoran, and you are now tuned in to Business Unusual. And everything you ever learned about business, throw it out the window. I'm going to tell you the real deal. Listen in. Today, I'm going to answer all your burning questions about work, life, starting a company, getting on track, and much, much more. Be sure to call in to the Business Unusual hotline with your question at 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. But first, picture this. You're in business two years, everything is going great, the sky's the limit, and then the biggest guy in your space comes after you and tries to stop you from using your name. A nightmare. Listen in. I have a business that is going crazy, which is awesome, but I'm new to the industry and a couple of amazing things have happened. I was recently approached by a national grocery store chain to go into 78 grocery stores. Wow, big deal. So money is an issue there because you got to find a co-packer. And I'm not sure which place to throw my money because both could be amazing for me. And then my other crazy, amazing thing, which I take as a compliment, but it's still scary, is I got a three-page letter telling me to cease and desist and destroy anything that has my company name on it because it's too similar to one of their products. So they're saying you're infringing on their name. Yes. I see. Okay. Well, you really have two very, very different questions. One is business advice and one is legal advice. And I imagine equally important. I'm very good at the business advice because I have a lot of practical experience. And what I'm hearing in your question as to the potential of having a big store order, going to a co-packer and wisely on your part saying the money needs that go with it. Let me address that and then we'll get on to the legal advice. The biggest problem I have found with just about every entrepreneur who's in the food business from the beginning of time, just for 12 years in Shark Tank through till today, is that they get a big order. And you would think that would be the best news of all. I've seen it turn businesses upside down, and I've also seen it responsible for businesses going totally out of business. So my advice to you is don't be so quick to think of the potential of a big order as being the end all. I have found that what you must assess is do you have the cash and do you have the perfect co-packer? Three out of four co-packers I've ever seen use have never turned out well. And you usually have to kiss a few of them before you find the prince. So one, before you even entertain taking a large order, you need to find your co-packer to accommodate it. And you need to figure out where you're going to get your hands on the money. Those are the two important things. And so have you done any of that investigative work when you heard that the stores are willing to give you a big offer? Have you addressed that at all? And where do you stand on that? So I thought I had a co-packer. And then, like you said, kissing frogs. They were going to meet with their team and get back to me on Monday. And then I reached out to them on Wednesday and, oh, wait, no, I'm meeting with the team next Monday now. And then I came back to them again. I was like, hey, they're still interested. I want to see if we can do this and grab this. And they go, oh, well, we decided to reevaluate our book of business and we're not even going to consider taking on anybody new until September. Did you find out why they weren't interested in taking you on? Because objections are golden in all business. Why did they not take you on? Well, he didn't give me a specific reason because I found that diamond in the rough company that's already producing 
a ready-to-eat cookie dough, which is super hard in the first place. His explanation was, we're not taking any new business at all because our obligation is to our current book of business right now. And we'll get back to you with whether we're going to be able to move forward uh, with you or not in yeah, September. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't stand this person already, okay? So you know that's not a good partner. You want someone with shared values, shared enthusiasm, and someone who's really eager to take you on. So happy you found that out out of the gate. My suggestion would be talk to at least three co-packers and talk them all at once and tell them each you love them more than the next guy and see what they drag in. Okay, because that's what it's going to take to get a good co-packer. How are you going to handle the money? My husband and I have a lot of investments. We have rental property. We even have a crop share farm. So if I needed to, I could make money happen. Mm, You wouldn't have to go to an outside source? Not necessarily. I have tons of companies constantly coming to me asking if I need financing. And I also do have an outside source. Once again, not knowing exactly how much this would cost, that would lend me up to $100,000. I think what you really need more than anything else is a standing credit line. Whether you personally guarantee that, whether you use some other asset that you and your husband might have to guarantee it to make a bank more comfortable. Because it's a new business and credit lines are not easy. But if you can shore it up with some other asset, usually banks are very willing to lend on that basis. Why I say a credit line is you just need to then draw down what you need when you need it. It's more flexible. You don't have money outstanding that you're not making good use of. And the rates are very, very good on business credit lines. So that would be my advice there. I think that's the best option for you. So those are the two pieces of advice I have for you on the co-packers, okay? There's one last thing I want to say about the co-packing. On every co-packer that's been found by any of the entrepreneurs that I'm in partnership with, usually, finally, when they make a deal with them, one out of two don't make the product correctly. So quality control and being right there when they're doing it is very important the first three months of production. All right. And then the last thing I want to say is remember that any store that will give you an order today for whatever numbers they're throwing at you, you feel like, oh, I better grab it now. That's not the case. They'll be there three months from now as well. You could say we could only deliver a third of what you want, but let's do the third and we'll see where we go from there. It almost makes you more appetizing to the store. So don't be in a rush to jump at the opportunity. Be in a rush to make sure you can manage the opportunity well and that you're ready for it. Does that make sense on both those fronts, money and co-packing? That makes complete sense. And I was just kind of running scared thinking this was a a once-in-a-life opportunity. And they've even come back and reassured, well, now we're just thinking we're going to target the holiday season with you to get the launch instead of two months ago when they first approached me. So that definitely basically reconfirms what you're saying is they are willing to work with me and they are excited about my product. I just not ever being in the industry before was scared that they were going to disappear. Of course, they will not disappear. And one store brings another store brings another opportunity. That's just how it goes. So sure up your own confidence in that regard. So now to the legal issue that you're wrestling with. The name of your business is Half-Baked Cookie Dough Company. Great name, by the way, in my opinion. But you have a large ice cream company suing you, saying you can't use that name. 
Well, what I've done is I've asked my own attorney that I use for all matters related to this, not only because they know the lay of the land or he knows the lay of the land, but because he's got that uncommon common sense that most attorneys, in my opinion, don't even have. So let me introduce you who's on the line now, I hope. Ed David, are you on the line with us? I am on the line. Ah, good. All right. So did you hear the predicament she's in? And what do you say to Jen? What are the important things? Hi, Jen. Yeah. So I've been listening and I've had the opportunity to do some very quick looking at the uh, Patent and Trademark Office filing that you're talking about. This big ice cream company does have a trademark for your name under the class of goods that you are using. What does that mean in real English, Ed? Okay, so anytime you want a trademark, Barbara, in terms of product categories, the the Patent Office has 34 international classifications of goods. I'm not going to bore you with the details. Please don't. We only have five minutes. Go ahead. Okay. So the classification that your product, Jen, comes under is class 30, which are staple food products. So what that means is if you want to protect your name, you need to file for a trademark under that class. So that Assuming you didn't do that, right, Jen? I'm assuming that's not been done. Well, she did. See, I did some research, Barbara. She did do that. Okay. And she does have a trademark attorney, I noticed. And I also noticed, unfortunately, Jen, that your trademark was rejected in April. Your application was suspended by the patent office because of previously registered trademarks, including the one by that ice cream company. Okay. I don't know if you're in communication with your trademark attorney now, but as of April 2019, that application has been suspended. Do you know that, Jen? I'm curious whether you know that. Um, So she said that there was a challenge on it, Mm -hmm. but there was a company called Half-Baked Cookie that had a trademark. And they went out of business. That's not the one we're concerned about. Well, yeah. And so we had that canceled. But I thought when I talked to her last, she gave me the impression that I was still safe and able to move forward with my trademark if she petitioned them because my trademark was for a company name and their trademark was for a product. Okay. If you are trademarking simply your company name, Okay, you have a better shot than trademarking a product. So if you're selling your product as half-baked, right, and you're putting that on the packaging and whatever, you're going to have a problem with the ice cream company. Yeah. Same thing with the name, if your name is going to be used in commerce. What a lot of companies do is they have a company name, but then do a doing business as kind of classification and alternate name. So I don't think this ice cream company would care if the name of your LLC was half-baked as long as the product packaging and the products you're producing aren't called half-baked. Now, having said that, this is a big ice cream company. I'm going to give you some very good common sense advice. Yeah, this is what we want from you, Ed. Why did you spend all of our time on the legal stuff? (laughs) Because, Barbara, that's what I do. I know you tend to gloss over the legal stuff and you get to the bottom line and you're right for doing it. But I figured I'd give Jen the benefit of some 
legal experience as well. As long as you don't bill this poor woman. I'm not billing anybody. Well, I'll bill you a little bit, but I'm not going to bill Jen. So the bottom line, Jen, is this. To defend a lawsuit brought by this ice cream company seeking to stop you from even using your name in commerce will be incredibly expensive. Not expensive, incredibly expensive. If there are ways to run your business without the name by rebranding, that would be really the least expensive way to go. So the question you need to answer is, how married am I to the name Half-Baked? I know you love it. I know it's cool. But I love it too. Yeah, I love it too. It's a great name. It's a love affair. Unfortunately, (laughs) when you take a look at how many people have applied for the name Half-Baked, you'll see you're not alone in loving it. A lot of people love it. There are products out there called half-baked and suntan lotion. That one doesn't infringe. This ice cream company would have no standing to come and say to the suntan lotion company, stop using your name. Unfortunately, you're in the same space as the ice cream company. You're a staple food product. Mm -hmm. So there is, in United States Patent Office parlance, a likelihood of confusion. So that if you are advertising something called half-baked in your business, somebody might say, oh, I wonder if it's that ice cream company getting into this area of production. And that's the issue that the patent office had with your application and the issue that the ice cream company had with your application. And it's legitimate. So common sense advice is economic, okay? They will outspend you by a factor of 50 to 1 or 100 to 1. Ed, just give me an idea on that. Like, what would that cost to defend yourself? More like 50 to a million dollars? More like 7 million to 2 billion dollars? What's the actual cost? It would be 100,000 to 500,000. That's a lot of bucks. Okay. The reason is because you need to show the patent office in this kind of a claim or in federal court if they bring an infringement suit, because they have a registered trademark. Yours is just an application. Okay, Okay. let me stop there. I want to ask Jen one very important question. Jen, have you thought about rebranding your company? And how do you feel about that? And have you come up with another name? Obviously, everybody loves what they originally created. And my husband helped me name the company because we our products are technically half-baked, so it made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. That being said, with my aspirations to take over the country and hearing about some of the rebranding, listening to your podcasts and stuff that have happened, it's just in my best interest if I do rebrand at this point because I had one person telling me, don't worry, we can move forward with this, but I don't have millions and billions of dollars. I'm a two and a half year old company. I'm essentially (laughs) broke. Also, trouble gets you focused on the wrong stuff in building a business. You can't have the trouble. It's a black cloud that gets in the way of everything else. Never fight an 800 pound gorilla. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So there's your legal advice. So I think the order of business here is you've got to get busy rebranding your business. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) May I give you final word of advice on rebranding a business? The more people you ask, hey, got a name? Hey, what do you got? Hey, what would you name it? The better ideas you'll get. Very often, an entrepreneur comes up with their first name selected from a list of three they like. But once you have to give up that name, somehow it's hard to shake it from your head and come up with fresh thought. It gets in your way. So how could you get the most number of people 
the absolute most number of people giving you their ideas on what would you name this? And don't even mention the half-baked. Like, we can't use half-baked, so therefore, okay? How about, like, something in the area, if the essence is that it's almost raw, describe it using those words so the half-baked doesn't come into their head and see what people come up with. Do you have followers because of your brand? Oh, my goodness. I have a huge following, and they even helped me pick my new gluten-free vegan dough, which is a strawberry gluten-free vegan dough. Terrific. They're very vocal. They're very vocal is what you want, my friend. Don't even mention to them it's your half-baked product. Just can you describe this product? I'm looking for a great name, $100 prize. Please name my product and see what they drag in. I mean, that's where all the good stuff, the creative thought comes from, the widest circle of people who could give you input. Barbara, can I interject one thing on the legal aspect of that? Only if it's short, because I have 43 seconds left. It's going to be really short. Make sure before you commit to branding, you do a trademark search. Of course, you're right. That's true. Mistake again. Had anybody done a trademark search before they went down this road, they would have found this ice cream company and they Mm. would have told you that you're going to run into a problem. So before you do anything like firing another application, you make sure that it's not used in interstate commerce, that it's not trademarked. And Google is the best way to do that. You don't need an attorney, Ed. I always thought you need an attorney for that. You should use an attorney because of course they know not. Better. Not if you could do it for free. Well, it's nothing's free, Barbara. <laughs> and look at how she's paying for it. Of course. So, but at do the end a of trademark the day, search. That's, that's some mm. advice. That's the best advice and applicable to the greatest number of people listening. And you heard it from Ed David, my legal eagle in New Jersey, saying, "Always do what Ed say it one more time." That's the lesson for the day. Always do a search before you brand your company. Make sure nobody else has it. Terrific. And Jen, thank you for calling in, huh? Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it and look up to you. Thank you so much. I look up to you from everything you said today. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And that's all the questions we have time for today. If you have a question, leave me a voicemail on the Business Unusual hotline, 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. You can also tweet it to me at Barbara Corcoran, and I may just answer it on a future episode. You've been listening to Business Unusual with me, Barbara Corcoran. Come back next week to hear more steps and missteps I took on the path to success. Search and follow Business Unusual on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.